You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And hello, everybody, for your Friday edition of Locked on Browns. Your host, Jeff Lloyd, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. The show itself at Locked on Browns. Follow back account. DMs are always open, as you guys know, which was able to uh, obviously get us back to Apple. Longtime Cleveland Browns fan. You are the man. Good, sir. We do appreciate you. Um, today's episode is brought to you by the Peacock and Williamson Show. Uh, can be found through the Locked on Podcast Network. Um uh, Matt and Brian do a, a fantastic job. Obviously, you know, Brian also hosts our Locked On 49ers podcast. Uh, make sure you're checking those guys out. We're going to sit down here today from Bleacher Report, one of my favorites. And, you know, we don't spoil it by bringing him in once a week. When we, you know, we bring in Brent Sobolewski, you know, we want to get stuff done here. Plus, Brent's a very, very busy guy. Brent, my friend, how you been, buddy? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me, as always. It's an exciting offseason. It's nice to have a normal off season, relatively speaking. And so, you know, this time last year, we weren't sure what's going to happen. And now, yes, you have some things with the NFLPA and how players are going to handle voluntary meetings and air quotes there because <laughs> anyone that's ever played football knows voluntary is mandatory if you have nothing else better to do. And it's interesting to see how teams are working around that and the Cleveland Browns specifically because when you have J.C. Treader, who is the NFLPA president, he's the guy that's supposed to be setting the tone. And yet we've seen throughout the league rather high participation percentages through some of these early portions of the offseason. And I find that fascinating because I look and I know this is a macro point of view, but. And we're here to discuss the Browns. But when you look at where the NFL is trending now, this is a difficult proposition for the league and the NFLPA. The NFL, of course, wants their players in. They want them working out. They want them getting ready. Whereas the NFLPA realized because of the pandemic, hey, look, we do not need to be in the facility at all times to still put So it's all coming to head with the Juwan James situation. Again, that's not Browns relevant, but it is relevant to the league and all the teams. And so I think we are in a crucial point uh, for the way this moves forward, considering everything the league's gone through and now what we're seeing in the league and its offseason plan today. Yeah, and it's I think I, I think for me, I wonder if some of it is also, you know, I didn't get to do any of this last year. And it's, you know, I, I kind of miss the fellas. You know, I miss the guys. I, I miss being around everybody, so I think that might be part of the reason why you're seeing, you know, the higher, uh, you know, participation rates. But also, I mean, and like you said with Denver, you're looking at Deshaun Hamilton, you're looking at Jawan Jones, and saying, well, man, you know, I've got to put in the work, and if I'm going to blow out my Achilles, it better be on their property, or otherwise they're going to tell me to take my ten million dollars and get the hell out of here. I ain't getting it. My year's gone, and for you know, I'm not going to see this money again most likely coming off an injury certainly for a Jawan James that he's coming off of Deshaun Hamilton was close slowly trending towards maybe getting some legitimate money as opposed to where you know his draft position was it's it's the ultimate juxtaposition and you know I think JC Treader's stance is a, a strong one because I mean we saw so many teams succeed last year with obviously very very limited as far as what they could do and you know I'm assuming it's just going to be a way to find maybe a happy median for everybody. 
But at the end of the day, if you're an employer and you're playing, paying people good money, hey, look, I can look at you through a Zoom screen. But you want to know what, man? You got a knee brace on. I ain't seeing it. Yeah, you know, there's a way to hide it. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with employers basically wanting to see their employees, you know? Well, let's go from a macro point of view and take it to a micro from a team level. Because <laughs> let's think about the Cleveland Browns for a second, right? You had an entire offseason where you had a new coach, all, a bunch of new players, a new staff, a new system, new philosophies. And somehow, miraculously, you were able to come together during the 2020 campaign, make the playoffs for the first time in 18 years, win a playoff game. Now expectations are sky high. And by that, I'm not just talking about Browns fans. I'm talking about everyone, including Vegas, where they're one of the top Super Bowl contenders based on the betting odds. And so when you consider that, knowing that they have to be champing at the bit to get into the facilities, to build upon what they couldn't do a year ago, that's an interesting and difficult situation to be in. Because, yes, again, you have the president of the NFLPA sitting there telling you, we do not need to show up. We need to be uh, show a united front and address this. But at the same time, you have a lot of young players, one of the younger teams in the NFL. You brought in a, pl a ton more on your roster to improve certain areas, specifically the defense. You want to be together in those meeting rooms on the practice field discussing and working out the kinks. So it's a really difficult situation because we understand – from an individual point of view, why this is important, why you shouldn't have to be in the facility at all times, why it's not acceptable to be expected to be in there all the time, even when it's agreed upon that it's voluntary. But at the same time, you're looking at it from a individual point of view where, excuse me, from a team point of view where you can be better. You have the chance to be not only better, but to be the best and to be the best we saw last year, right? We all made fun of Tom Brady doing doing those stealth workouts with his teammates <laughs> when he wasn't supposed to. And guess what? It worked. Now, granted, Tom Brady, I get it. But at the same time, you know, looking at it, you, you think to yourself, you know, there has to be some credence to that and how they prepared. And, and they came together rather quickly and won a Super Bowl. So you go, you're being tugged in both directions, and it's not an easy decision. It's most certainly not. And at the end of the day, it, it comes down to the fact that, you know, yes, the expectations here are sky high. And Brent, just saying those words, just it, it still takes some getting used to to actually say that when we were talking about the Cleveland Browns. But, you know, at the end of the day and, you know, actually even the Browns put out the tweet, I believe it was yesterday. And, you know, maybe there was something to it. Um, but, you know, the quote of, you know, the only place that success comes before work is in the dictionary. You know, maybe there was something to that tweet. Maybe there wasn't. Um, but I think for the most part, and, you know, look, J.C. Treader, obviously a very established veteran, and he is, uh, you know, dealing with the task of having to look out for the greater good, 1,300, 1,400 overall players within this league. But you do have some guys, you know, whether it's Miles Garrett and, you know, Jarvis Landry and all these guys for their credit. These guys love to work. I mean, these guys, I mean, that's all you see is, I mean, you get videos, you see pictures every day of these guys putting in the work. and that you can't truly do that so much within your normal life. Like whoever Miles Garrett is close with that he spent all his time with, grew up with, they don't understand. They don't get what, you know, makes him what he is. They don't get what it takes to be who he is on a day in, day out basis. So you end up gravitating and spending time with people of like minds, people of like dedication that understand that, yes, you were given this great gift by God of being a phenomenal athlete, 
but it's not like, you know, I'm going to go sit on my ass for six months. Oh, you know, let me go grab my cleats. I got to be in Cleveland in August because we got to go do this football thing again. It's in with any professional sport. It's a day in day out thing. And you truly have to keep yourself at top physical shape. And we had a script here and Brent obviously uh, decided to audible with his own <laughs> opening segment, which is fantastic because, uh, you know, I do these day in day out. So to get a little bit of a different one here, uh, but we're going to talk a little bit about the Browns offense, which is now, you know, with a you know a couple of moves here, obviously this offseason incredibly deep. We're going to, after that, we'll get to the defense, which, you know, I mean, Joe Woods, Joe Woods is probably have to have Permagrin right now, wherever he is, just thinking about the options he's got, you know, regardless of, you know, what positional unit it is. We're going to get to all that as we continue to roll along on your Friday, Locked on Browns. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC, MMA action. Before the next pitch, head on over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Do not sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in the game as teams are now getting ready to compete compete through the playoffs. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. Now, Mr. Sobo, the offense. And this was probably you know what the testament was of you know how good it was last year and obviously missing a couple of elements to take it to another level it's basically all back it, it, it's all back the wide receiver room yeah. added a little bit more you're talking about a little bit of growth here you know from donovan people's jones you know finding a way to incorporate a new rookie the tight end room your top three from 2020 are still here your top two running backs are still here you're returning what was the number one offensive line in the nfl in pass blocking and run blocking you've got baker mayfield fifth year option secured whenever this contract extension works and who knows for baker it may not be something he wants to do this summer it may be more of hey if i can put together an even better season in 21 i might be settling for 75 million dollars less and i go out there and rock it in 21 maybe it's a different story but this offense and now this is where for coach stefanski and certainly baker mayfield it's going to get interesting brent because it's the skill, the talent is everywhere. And when you're talking maybe five deep at wide receiver, three deep at tight end, the running backs, how do you make sure you maximize all of the talent you have? Because there's going to be weeks where the Browns may win by two touchdowns and you're going to say, wow, Odell only had one reception. Or wow, there were only three receptions out of the tight end room. It's going to take a lot. And I, I think this is probably what Coach Steph is enjoying the most is you have this system, which really worked well in year one, but now it's, you know, what else can I add? Because I've got toys upon toys. Absolutely. And I, I hearken back to a college thing. And one of the smartest things I ever heard came from out of Mark, Mark, Mike Leach. And Mike Leach says a lot of great things. I mean, let's be honest, right? <laughs> the pirate is amazing <laughs> and one of the best interviews ever. But he said something that has stuck with me for years now, and it's and it say, it stated, a balanced offense isn't about 50-50 running the ball and passing the ball. A balanced offense is consistently getting the ball in all of the hands of your playmakers. So whether you have them at wide receiver, or you have them at tight end, or you have them at running back, that's where it's in, in vital to your offensive success, and especially in the NFL. 
So while Leech, you know, is the godfather of the air raid and a different approach at the collegiate level, when you're looking at it from that through that lens, how he, you're capable of taking advantage of the mismatches in the NFL. This is the key, creating chunk plays through mismatches. This is where teams like the Kansas City Chiefs thrive. You know, it, but the Browns haven't necess- necessarily done so. And that's for multiple reasons, looking at not just the offensive scheme, but what they had on the outside last year, missing Odell Beckham Jr. And look, hey, I've said it publicly. If I was in charge, I probably would have moved on from Odell and looked elsewhere at the wide receiver position because I think Baker Mayfield is a better player without Odell on the field. That's not a slight against either player. The Odell Odell ratio. Yes. Did I get the ball enough, try to get the ball enough to number 13? And that's exactly what I'm getting at. When you add him again into the offense, are you going to get the Baker that is the, the optimal Baker, the point guard on grass that distributes the ball where it needs to go? Or are you going to get the Baker that tries to force the ball to certain receivers? If you get the ladder, and, and the ladder is damn good, Jeff, and you know this, you're looking at a guy that was t- number two in the NFL in, in PFF grade from week seven on. He was he is someone that is what, – what was the stats the other day? Top five in clean pocket, top five in early down mm-hmm. uh, passing, and et cetera, et cetera. We're, we're overlooking just how damn good he really is. I'm, I'm sick of hearing everything relies on Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield was orchestrating that offense perfectly at the second half of last season. And if he can continues to build on that and grow, we're not just talking about him being the franchise quarterback. We're talking about him being one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Yes, I went there. That's the way I'm looking at it. I'm sick of being him being discussed as just the cog or what will hold back the team because it doesn't give him credit for how well he played, particularly that over the second half of last season when that offense really started getting humming. And, and your point is absolutely astute when you're looking at Odell and factoring in all these other players. And let's not, let's not forget, you're also now adding Anthony Schwartz, who is a unique talent. It's, he's not a guy that's going to do a lot from you for you on a down-by-down down basis, but he's a guy that can do a lot from a presence perspective with his speed and how you can utilize him and manufacture t- touches. Another one, Demetric Felton, a personal favorite of yours. I know that. But his utilization, not as only running back, but a natural receiver out of the backfield has played both positions at the collegiate level. You can use him in certain situations where you're not j- where you don't have to take Chubb or Hunt on the field, and yet you still bring in Felton. These are these are wrinkles that now need to be added that could upset the cart to a degree. And that's where, that's where I want to know how the maturation of Baker Mayfield continues. That's how I want to understand the development of this scheme is going to trend because I think you're absolutely right. You have weapons everywhere. Utilize them, take advantage of them, create the mismatches, allow the quarterback to play his game and everything else will come together. And that's not excluding Nick Chubb or Kareem Hunt, even though I didn't mention them because obviously they're a focal point of what they do, but allows them to set everything up and create one of the best offenses in the NFL as long as they stay healthy. I'll put it this way, Jeff. When your biggest concern on offense is making sure you can add a superstar wide receiver, and then from that point, <laughs> you know what, I'm, I'm worried about the sixth offensive lineman, you're in pretty good shape. This has been fun conversations we're having, obviously, because it was, you know, Demetric Felton versus Dearness Johnson. Um, yeah. You know, is there going to be a spot for Kaderil Hodge? Which, I mean, in, all of a sudden, these these rich people problems that the Cleveland Browns have, you know, as opposed to, you know, 
hey, we drafted this guy in the seventh round. Can he start week one? Like, I mean, these were, you know, conversations. And this was only a couple of years ago we were doing this. Um, but I think your point is fantastic. And this is what, you know, I remember so much talking about this, about Baker Mayfield in 2018. And obviously now in, in 2020 during his, you know, fantastic stretch to close out the season. The most important receiver target was the open one. It didn't matter if your number was 13. Didn't matter if your number was 85. Didn't matter if your number was 80. If you can keep Baker Mayfield in the zone of it's not about the guy, it's about the open guy. And it just frees things up for him. And at 18, I mean, we were talking about guys like Brashard Perriman. And, you know, everybody, oh, well, here we go. Brashard Perriman's back. Well, he had a nice little run in Tampa. But it's been the same type of thing. It's just understanding that if you have enough talent and you're putting five out into the patterns and they're really, really good, those five guys, somebody's going to be open. Most likely two of them are going to be open. But you're going to take the guy who's the most open. But And now with bringing up Schwartz, and this is what – and where people who still want to ding Baker, and it is annoying, is this offense was such in a box last year. And, you know, everybody's been talking about, and they've been bringing up, you know, obviously, you know, some of the uh, screenshots of, you know, Kansas City's defense in the playoff game. And basically what it was is you can't beat us deep. You ain't got a guy on the field who can beat us deep. So we're not going to respect it. We don't have to. That's a little different now. Donovan Peoples-Jones, the role should increase a little bit because I think they did a fantastic job with him last year. It was a lot about building up his confidence. You know, a five-star kid who goes to a big-time program. And again, folks, yes, Michigan's still a big-time football program. They may not be very good right now, but they are. But And it never really panned out there. So you had to basically build him back up as a player, as an athlete, which I think they did, and there were times of great success. And you bring in a player like Schwartz, and I agree. And it's weird, and I keep saying this, Anthony Schwartz is on the field. you got secondary folks going, okay, there's him. Oh, no. And, like, he's the fifth option. Most times he may just be a complete deke, but you've got to take the absolute responsibility for him. Similar to McCole Hardman and the Chiefs, and this is another one. It's, he doesn't have to be Tyreek Hill. If he can just give you some of what McCole Hardman does, that's going to be a huge, huge problem for any defense facing the Cleveland Browns. Absolutely correct. And speed has to be accounted for at all times because that's where you create big plays. And you're uh, looking at it it's not just obviously um schwartz it's obj if he's healthy uh, as we've seen he seems to be running extremely well he's another guy that's a vertical threat people's jones has the side size another another one that's rarely brought up that if they're utilizing him fully and correctly as they did towards the end of last season david and joku down the scene is another threat and looking at kansas city they constricted the field there there's no denying it whatsoever they were aggressive they didn't allow the Browns to get vertical. Uh, they had a couple instances off of play action where they were able to create some plays, but not enough. Uh, so when you're looking at it, you need the individuals who create mismatches. I, I will state this over and over again because I, I the NFL today is a mismatch league. You need to be able guys that can win one-on-one. It doesn't matter if it's wide receiver, offensive line, your quarterback when he's in a situation where he's staring down the, the barrel with a blitzer coming. Everyone has to be able to win one-on-one. And that's really, if you look at this offseason, how Cleveland has built the roster overall to accentuate what they already had. And that's what's what's most interesting to me is because they went in this year. I mean, obviously they had to go and just completely rebuild the defense. But even in that same vein, and I, we're going to get to this, but I, I just use it as an example. You needed a compliment to Miles Garrett. 
you needed a compliment to Denzel Ward, right? You needed guys that not only complimented your star players, but complimented the scheme itself. Offensively, it's the same thing. You needed someone to compliment Jarvis Landry. You needed that speed to open things up. You needed to add guys that did more than what you were doing previously. And this is how Kyle Shanahan's a great example. Kyle Shanahan's basically ran the same system for 25 years because he learned it from his father, <laughs> you know, when he was a young man and, they, and he was leading the Denver Broncos to Super Bowls. But what he's done consistently year after year after year is add a wrinkle here, a wrinkle there, another way of approaching it. Even though it's the same base plays, they're doing the same thing, but at the same time, <laughs> you're having trouble because they're they're switching things up just enough to keep you on your heels as a defense. And when you have the full capabilities of scheme plus talent, then it equals success. And so when I'm looking at where the Browns are, they are right at the precipice of that next stage, but they have to fully capitalize on the talent they now have available to them. And another thing we're going to get to is numbers, right? How are, how are you going to retain all this talent? I think it's relatively easy. And let, let's just look at it from that numbers perspective, right? And we'll do offense. We can do defense later. Let's look at, you got two quarterbacks, right? So there's two. You got three running backs, five. Six wide receivers likely. So there's 11. Four tight ends. There's 15. 15. Yeah. You add the fullback in Janovich, yep. 16. Nine offensive linemen. You can do it. You can squeeze all these guys on the, on the roster. And, and one of the things people don't realize is, yes, it's competitive and it's a it's a merit-based league. Wow, that's bullshit. 99% of your roster is set <laughs> before you even go into summer camp. So I think you can retain the, the majority of the talent that's on this roster. And in doing so, you will be the team will be just lethal. If there, if Stefanski does his job correctly, and I'm not denying that he will, I absolutely think he is capable of doing so, and it makes it makes it exciting. It, it, there's a reason why, as I started this, that it's not just those of us who have followed this team closely that are excited about their potential. It is everyone around the league that are legitimately looking at the Browns and say, "This is the team that can knock off the Chiefs because they they have that capability." And the thing is, and where you know, and talking about this is, you know, Labor Day weekend. Labor Day weekend could possibly turn into three to four more draft assets because players, the Browns are not going to be able to keep. They're not going to be straight up cut players. They are going to be teams that, I mean, they're going to be teams that are going to say, "Well, hell, he might start for us, or he may be my sixth offensive lineman." So, uh, yeah, we're going to have to give up something to get him. We're going to switch it up to the defensive side of the ball here with Brent. Talk a little bit about the uh, Cheshire Cat, Joe Woods. Uh, as we continue to roll along here on your latest Locked On Browns. Whether it is Apple Podcasts, whether it is Spotify or Odyssey, make sure you are following, subscribed to Locked On Browns. Leave those five-star ratings, written reviews. Uh, obviously glad to be back up on Apple. Missed you all. And uh, seeing the numbers start to come in, obviously a lot of you uh, missed having access to it as well. Brent, you add, and you know I hate when... You, you do this, but it's a fact. You know what I'm saying? Grant Delpit was not a part of this defense this year, last year. So mm -hmm. he's considered an ad for 21. You added the top free agent safety in the market in John Johnson the third. You didn't have Greedy Williams last year. So Greedy Williams is an ad. You added Troy Hill. You drafted Greg Newsom. You have Denzel Ward. You added two edge rushers. And look, I don't we don't think anybody's Miles Garrett, but you added two edge rushers who run sub four six 
which is incredible. You bring in a Malik Jackson, which was just a Friday, late Friday signing, like, oh, by, by the way, with a reputation of one of the better interior NFL. You get Andrew Billings back. There's another one. Not counting what else you've done. You take a gamble uh, You know, on a Marvin Wilson. You draft a Tommy Togiai. And all of a sudden, Joe Woods last year, who was to the point of getting ready to play a playoff game, saying, uh, is there a cornerback standing out on the street outside the stadium we can suit up real quick because I need him today. But now it's to the point, and he's got so much going on there. And even to the point where the Browns were able to say, you know what, we need this hybrid thing on defense that everybody else is trying to get, whether it's an Isaiah Simmons. All right, wow, uh, you know, Usu Koromo falls in your lap. You like the idea of that so much, you say, you want to know what, round five? Hey, Tony Fields might be a guy who can kind of do that as well. And now it's just this defense, and to say this defense should probably be a top five defense, it may take a little while to gel early in the year. And there certainly are some snoozers on the schedule of opponents they're playing where they can probably get fat pretty easy. This is now Joe Woods is just absolutely have to be beaming, like just like a, a proud papa of everything he's got at his disposable. And much like Coach Stefanski, crap, let's get weird. What else can I do with these guys? Well, let's be blatantly honest. If you finish top 20, right, top half of the league, that's massive improvement, in my opinion. Yes, I know statistically they were really good against the run last year, which which was basically offset by how poor they were against the pass. So if you, in both phases, if you could be top 20, top 16, that to me is a significant step in the right direction. I'm not I, – I, yes, they loaded up on defensive talent, but I'm not going to sit here and say this is a unit that should be – you know, one of the best in the league. That's just asking too much in a short amount of time. And furthermore, I, I don't know if all the questions are answered either, you know, considering everything you added. So I'm looking at it as being complimentary football. Do enough to make your offense even better, if, if that makes sense. And, though, you know, with certain situations, I, I'm still trepidatious. I want to know exactly how this DT rotation is going to come to fruition. I'll be one of the first to admit I didn't think Sheldon Richardson was going to be released. Now, to be fair, I'll, I'll, I'll put an asterisk on that and say I expected him to take a, uh, a restructure. I fully thought that was going to happen, which obviously it didn't. But at the same time, you have Malik Jackson at three technique, Andrew Billings at one technique. Is that enough? Are you going to see growth from Jordan Elliott? What type of player is Tommy Togiai going to be? Maybe Sheldon Day. He was the forgotten man in all this kind of shows up because let's not forget he played in 28 games over two seasons the last two seasons uh for the san francisco 49ers before leaving and didn't really find a home with the indianapolis colts what's Clowney going to be you know how are they going to utilize wusu koromoa there's big questions here and i love some of the talent but looking at it you you have we have to be realistic about where this unit is moving forward. I mean, there, there's guys you know, Jeff. We've talked. I, I love Curtis Weaver last year. Is he really that mm-hmm. guy who, with a quote unquote reshaped body, is going to step up and be that fourth defensive end? I'm curious to see. I don't have these answers. No one has these answers yet because they need to get on the field and play together. And so, looking at this unit, it is loaded on paper. So I feel almost like this is the same as last offseason with the offense. 
We were excited about the potential, but we didn't know how they were going to fully realize that potential. Obviously, on offense, they did. Became one of the better offenses in the league, particularly with the offensive line. But now looking at the defense, I'm not as bullish on the way they're moving forward. I think the potential is absolutely there. And there's guys I'm really excited about watching play. But there's there's going to be monkey wrenches along the way. I mean, <laughs> we know what's going to happen, be it an injury sure. or a player not developing. What happens then? The or, and show me part. you can cover a tight end because they've had good players for years. And it don't matter. They've never covered a tight end. And you know what? They have guys that can do it now, right? They have a Wusu yes. Koromoa. And I maybe I'm stubborn. Maybe I'm pig-headed. It's the Polish half of me. But I, I, I don't fully buy into him as the full-time Will linebacker. I just don't. <laughs> and I, know I have how... people trying to tell me he's going to lead this team in tackles, and I'm trying to tell people – his reps early in the season, may not, they're not going to give him reps because he was drafted in the second round. He's behind guys, and it's going to have to be an earned playing time. And Walker and Phillips and Taki Taki, they're going to get those opportunities. If they have some transgressions, there's going to be opportunities for players to come in. But in even Greg Newsom, there's no guarantee Greg Newsom drafted at 26 is walking into a starting position. We don't know what they feel about Greedy Williams. Plus, they never really got to see Greedy Williams. No, you're absolutely correct. And hey, let's not for, the other forgotten man here. Malcolm Smith was the best linebacker on the team last year, and they brought him back, by the way. So it's not like I was. And if they're going to be winning a lot of games, coverage is going to be key as far as yeah. that linebacking unit. Well, what was the stat last year? Cleveland Browns gave up more plays of 20 yards through the air than any other defense in football. That's what you need to cut down on. Cut down on the chunk plays. Cut down on the big opportunities for a team to come back and in, 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 in with the quick strike offense. That's where the, the issues lie. And so if you come in and you start playing that quarters coverage like you did a year ago, maybe not as much. I expect that to kind of peel away a little bit, maybe more cover three along the way. But you have guys that are great in that type of scheme. Greg Newsom is great. He He's not going to make as many mental mistakes, I think, even as a rookie. He is truly well coached by Pat Fitzgerald coming out. When you're looking at John Johnson, John Johnson is one of the smartest safeties in the league and what he's capable of doing. Yep. Now we don't know about Grant Delpit. I mean that he had a year of mental reps, but is that going to translate Ronnie Harrison now full off season in the system? That's going to be productive. How those linebackers look, we all know the linebackers on the Cleveland Browns. We're not a fan of me personally last off season. <laughs> <laughs> and I got called out publicly for it. But guess what? It proved to be true that when I called them the worst linebacking core in the NFL. Now, I'm looking at them. I am I, I've actually not, not, not a full 180 because I still don't think they're one of the better units in the league, but they have the potential to be much better. Does that, right? Does that make sense? So I'm looking at Owusu Koromoa as that hang defender, you know, someone that you can utilize as a fourth, fifth safety, will linebacker, just put him out there. Look, I wrote that he should be the front runner for NFL defense of the year for Bleacher Report. That's how much I believe in his ability and what they can do with him eventually. But that doesn't mean he needs to step in immediately and become that guy when you have veterans who are going to solidify what you want to do from defensive point of all. It's not just about making plays. It's about being in the right position at all times so you're not giving up those chunk plays to the opposing offenses. So if you have a Walker, you have a Malcolm Smith, guys, John Johnson, Guys who see the game and understand where everyone's supposed to be lined up, that is every bit as vital as having a guy that can fly all over the field and make plays, especially when it's a rookie that's going to take times maybe to really adjust to the game 
and, 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 and before he becomes what we all expect him to be. So steps upon steps, right? And, and, and that's, this gets back to our original point. This is why you need to be in the facilities at times. So you're working with these guys. You're getting communication. You're understanding, hey, if I do this, you got to do that. If you're going to be here, I need to be here. And this is why it takes a while, usually, for units to come together. And when I use that example earlier about Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I don't think people realize how special what they really did was last offseason or last season because of, of all their additions. Cleveland's going to go through the same thing this year. And we're all excited about the potential. But potential just means you haven't done anything. Right, Bill Parcells? So it comes down to translating it onto the field. It's it's going to be fun. And, and I just think, you know – the work and I think for what they did last year and, you know, as many times as, you know, who do we have this week, whether it was COVID, whether it was injuries and, you know, like there were players, you know, whether it was Hodge or, you know, Jacob Phillips, okay, they've been here for three weeks. Now they're gone again for three weeks. And just for every, you know, week in, week out, day in, day out. All right, who do we got? And now I think they're such an enviable position where they just have so much more to work with. And now that they have the confidence and you know nobody doubts their system, but you want to see it succeed. So then you can take your system, add to it, grow it, nurture it, and put more to it. And I think on the offensive side of the ball and on the defensive side of the ball, that's going to be the case. You want to lengthen all your positional rooms. And they've pretty much done that. And they've done that in spades. We've gotten to some talk here about you know the current state of the NFLPA and OTAs. Uh, it's it's a slippery slope. Um, but and you know, there's certainly players who you know want to be in the facilities. There's certainly some guys who are, you know, now 30, 31 years old, you know, and J.C. Treader, you know, married a year ago, child, you know, may, hey, this is my time. I, I, you know, I'd like to be around a little bit more. And, you know, look, I will hit the gym. I have a weight room in my house because I make a boatload of money playing NFL football. But, you know, and the same time, they're still the employers of we want to see you. We want you here. A happy median will certainly be found because. A number one, everybody wants their money. A number two, the game's always going to keep on going on. That's just the way it goes. It's just a walk step to find that happy median. He is Brent Sovaleski. Um, from Bleacher Report, um, Brent does a fantastic job over there. Uh, lighting the load a little bit, you know, uh, you know, recently left from the OBR, left it in good hands. The guys are killing it over there. Brent focusing more on his work here, you know, Browns-wise, NFL-wise, with Bleacher Report doing a fantastic job. Um, make sure you're following Brent, obviously. Uh, the show, iTunes, Spotify, Odyssey, subscribe, um, follow, whichever, because I believe follow is the new trend is going that way for podcasts, five-star ratings, written reviews. Uh, make sure you're following at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. The show at Locked On Browns, follow back account, DMs are open. And again, to long-time Cleveland Brown fan, thank you, dude. Cannot thank you enough. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.